The International Court of Justice at The Hague made history on January 26th by stating very clearly that there is sufficient evidence to investigate allegations that Israel has committed genocide against the Palestinian people. The International Court of Justice, or the ICJ for short, is the top legal authority of the United Nations. And in December, South Africa introduced a case that accused Israel of committing genocide against the Palestinian people as part of its brutal war in Gaza. To summarize the main points of what the ICJ decided, I'm going to read here a few lines from the United Nations Official News Service. It noted that the ICJ declared that Palestinians had a right to be protected from acts of genocide, calling on Israel to take all measures within its power to prevent such actions and allow the entry of desperately needed humanitarian aid into the war-shattered enclave. Furthermore, the UN News Agency noted that, quote, the court considers that the catastrophic humanitarian situation in the Gaza Strip is at serious risk of deteriorating further before the court renders its final judgment, according to the president of the ICJ, who stated that Israel is ordered to prevent further bloodshed in Gaza. So if you hear those words, it's obvious that the Hague was telling Israel that it needs to stop killing Palestinian civilians. However, the Western media completely distorted the decision, and the New York Times provided an example of the ridiculous propaganda that fills the U.S. media. It published a headline, quote, UN court declines to demand Israel stop its military campaign. That is extremely misleading. Similarly, the Wall Street Journal published another ridiculous headline stating, quote, World Court Rejects Demand for Gaza Ceasefire, which once again is missing the forest for the trees. What these media outlets are doing is misleadingly splitting hairs about definitions of words while ignoring the main facts of this extremely important legal decision. Now, South Africa in its case had called for an immediate ceasefire, and technically, the Hague did not explicitly call for a ceasefire. However, as the head of public diplomacy for the South African government stated very clearly on Twitter, I'm going to read directly from him, quote, To be clear, the ICJ has effectively ordered an immediate ceasefire and for Israel to halt military operations. And he notes that in its decision... The ICJ stated very clearly that Israel needs to stop killing Palestinians and Israel also needs to stop causing serious bodily or mental harm to Palestinians. So essentially, this is a call for a ceasefire because the ICJ is saying that Israel needs to stop bombing Gaza because, of course, as it bombs Gaza, it is killing large numbers of Palestinians, in particular, the vast majority of the more than 26,000 Palestinians killed by Israel since October have been civilians, largely women and children. Now, some people who are very critical of Israel and support the Palestinian liberation struggle have claimed that this is actually not a victory for the Palestinians. 
I strongly disagree with that. And many international legal experts disagree as well. I want to read this brief analysis from a professor of law named Heidi Matthews, and she spelled it out very clearly. She referred to the Hague's decision as, quote, a big win for Palestinian advocates. She noted that the ICJ directed Israel not to commit or incite genocide, therefore indicating that it's plausible for Palestinians in Gaza to claim protection from genocide and the need for protection is urgent. She said, I think we can infer from this that at a minimum, there is a serious risk that Israel will commit genocide. That is the minimum. This is also important because it puts all states on formal notice of the serious risk of genocide, which triggers states' duty to take concrete steps to prevent genocide. Among other things, this means that in order for states to fulfill their international obligations under the UN's Genocide Convention, they must do something. For example, states exporting arms or military technology must stop. This is a crucial point because the United States has been strongly supporting Israel as it's carrying out these war crimes and as Israel could be committing genocide, as The Hague has admitted is a very real possibility. Therefore, the United States is directly complicit in these blatant violations of international law, and The Hague has made it very clear that the U.S. needs to stop sending weapons to Israel that are being used to kill Palestinian civilians in contravention of international law. This has massive implications and shows that it's not only Israel, but Israel's Western government sponsors that are now complicit, potentially in the crime of genocide. This is absolutely historic. And this international legal expert, Heidi Matthews, pointed out that this order on provisional measures will have an important and immediate impact on how states are required to act under international law. It will also radically shift the global conversation about what is happening in Gaza. I agree. I think that is absolutely right. And the Palestinian journalist Ali Abunima, who is the director of the very important Palestinian news website Electronic Intifada, he has also been criticizing the people who are trying to downplay this and say that the Hague's ruling doesn't matter and that it doesn't openly call for a ceasefire. No, Ali Abunima pointed out that several of the measures that the ICJ called Israel to implement immediately include calling for Israel to end, quote, killing members of the Palestinian people, causing serious bodily or mental harm to the Palestinian people, or deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part. So if Israel continues to kill Palestinians, it is violating this order that was made by the Hague. So Ali Abunima, a very important Palestinian journalist, he said, please do not award Israel a victory it did not win. This is not a victory for Israel in the U.S. On the contrary, this is a significant victory for the Palestinian people and the global South as a whole, the victims of colonialism and genocide across the global South. If you go to the ICJ's official website, you can find the printed report of the decision. It makes this as clear as day that Israel needs to stop killing Palestinians, 
that, quote, Israel must ensure with immediate effect that its military forces do not commit any of the crimes it listed, like killing Palestinians. It also said that Israel must immediately allow humanitarian aid into Gaza, where more than 2 million Palestinians are trapped and many are on the verge of starvation and dehydration and they need medicine and they need fuel. And The Hague said that Israel cannot destroy any evidence related to the potential genocide it is committing. And the ICJ also called for Israel to send a report within the next month showing that it is abiding by the Hague's decision. Now, this is also very important because it's exposing the hypocrisy of the Western governments that sponsor Israel and claim that they support international law. Israel's far-right prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, stated proudly in a speech before the ICJ's decision, quote, nobody will stop us, not the Hague. So Israel was boasting publicly that it will not abide by any decisions by the International Court of Justice, exposing how it's a rogue state that is spitting in the face of international law and does not care about human rights or diplomacy or any of those buzzwords that Western governments claim to uphold. And this is especially ironic when you consider that Hamas, the Palestinian armed group, they said very clearly that they will abide by any ceasefire order made by the International Court of Justice. They will respect the Hague's decision. So clearly, one side, the Palestinian people, do side with international law, whereas the other side, the Israeli regime, backed by the Western governments, is violating international law. And it's so ironic that the State Department claimed there is no moral equivalence between Hamas and the government of Israel. Well, maybe they're right, but in the opposite direction. It's the government of Israel that is violating international law and, as The Hague has said very clearly, could be committing genocide. And we can also see this blatant hypocrisy in the response of the U.S. government. Washington adamantly insisted, despite The Hague's ruling, that the accusations made by South Africa that Israel is committing genocide are completely unfounded the U.S. government was furious. The Biden administration spokesman, John Kirby, gave an angry press conference saying that this is crazy and the U.S. would never agree with this. But in reality, the Hague has said very clearly that there is enough evidence to investigate if Israel is committing genocide. The Hague has not ruled if Israel has committed genocide, but it has clearly said that there is sufficient evidence to accuse Israel of genocide and to investigate. The U.S. is completely ignoring that. And yet, hypocritically, the U.S. government constantly makes ridiculous, weaponized, politicized accusations of genocide against its foreign adversaries, like Russia, like China. So this shows a clear double standard. And the Canadian government did the exact same thing. Canada's foreign minister, Melanie Jolie, claimed that Ottawa supports the ICJ. And yet immediately, Canada attacked the ICJ's decision and says that we do not accept the premise of the case brought by South Africa. But The Hague has said very clearly that there is sufficient evidence 
for these charges of genocide to be investigated. So this clearly shows that the Western powers actually do not believe in international law. They do not defend the International Court of Justice. It's all propaganda. It's PR. Many European governments said the exact same thing. This is the reality of the so-called rules-based international order. This has become the favorite buzzword of the Western powers. They're trying to replace the international law-based order with its center in the United Nations with their vague concept of the so-called rules-based order in which they make the rules and order everyone around. And here we can see clearly they are refusing to accept this decision by the International Court of Justice, the maximum authority of international law. Now, before I conclude, I want to make one other point. I looked at the ridiculous Western media coverage that is distorting this historic decision. Well, I want to point out that this media propaganda is not entirely effective. In January, before The Hague made this historic decision, there was a poll published that found that more than one third of people in the United States already believe that Israel is committing genocide. 35% of North Americans say Israel is committing genocide. 36% disagree. And 29% are undecided. So it's nearly split one-third, one-third, one-third. However, when you look at young people in the United States, people aged 18 to 29, half of them, 49%, say that Israel is committing genocide against the Palestinians. Only 24%, only one quarter of young North Americans disagree, and one quarter is uncertain. And then when you look on political lines, it's even clearer. Nearly one-half of Democrats, 49%, say that Israel is committing genocide, only 21% of Democrats disagree and 30% are undecided. Now, Republicans are very supportive of Israel as it's carrying out war crimes. 57% of Republicans, the majority, do not believe that Israel is committing genocide. Only 18% of Republicans say Israel is committing genocide and one quarter of Republicans are unsure. This is also incredible because it shows that Joe Biden is going against his own party's base. Half of Democrats believe that Israel is committing genocide, and yet Israel has the support of 100% of the Democratic Party leadership of Biden, of the Secretary of State Antony Blinken, of other top State Department officials, of top Democratic Party leaders in Congress. They actually agree with the Republican Party base, with the far right in the U.S. So the Democratic Party is not a left-wing party in any way. It's not a Democratic Party in any way. It's an undemocratic, right-wing, neoliberal party that agrees with the Republicans and yet claims to represent supposedly progressive values, which it does not at all. That is why human rights activists have been protesting repeatedly and chanting Genocide Joe, demanding a ceasefire in Gaza, including protesters disrupted a speech that Biden was giving in Virginia, chanting Genocide Joe. And a poll from this January showed that only 33% of people in the United States approve of Joe Biden and two-thirds, 65%, disapprove of Biden. 
Only one third of North Americans support him. This is a complete disaster. And he's further alienating his own political base because he's so dedicated to defending Israel as it's carrying out war crimes. And it's clearly because Israel is such an important part of the U.S. empire. Washington is trying to maintain its chokehold over West Asia, the so-called Middle East. And Israel has been an extension of the U.S. empire in one of the most geostrategically important regions of the world for decades, serving U.S. geopolitical, military, and economic interests. I explored this in a separate video with the economist Michael Hudson. I will link to that in the description below. We show the geopolitical and economic reasons why the United States, both political parties, Democrats and Republicans, are so dedicated to supporting Israel as it is carrying out war crimes and now, as the Hague has said, potentially genocide against the Palestinian people because it is an extension of the U.S. empire. And as Joe Biden has repeatedly said in multiple speeches going back to the 1980s, Biden has repeated, if Israel didn't exist, we would have to create Israel because it serves U.S. interests in the Middle East. On that note, I'm going to conclude here. I want to thank everyone for joining me today. My name is Ben Norton. This is Geopolitical Economy Report. Please like and subscribe and share, and I will see you next time.